Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Welcome. Thank you for joining us online today. As has been mentioned, we're back in physical and online next week, and it's Breathe Weekend. So if any of you ladies have not booked in for Breathe, make sure you do. We believe it's going to be a God encounter and a very special time at the Breathe conference online next weekend. Today and for the next four weeks, uh, or next three weeks leading up to Easter, because Easter is coming. Come on, this should be bigger in our calendar than even Christmas when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. But we're going to go in this series, which is just called One Word, Remain. And that word is not relating to a political campaign about staying in the EU that you may remember all the way back in 2020 or 2019. No, it's a word, just one word, that's taken from what is probably the best known, the most popular uh, Bible chapter that is read often at weddings, but it should be read all over the place, all the time, not just at weddings. And we're going to take one word from there and look at the things that do remain. I'm going to read all of 1 Corinthians 13. If you have your version notes, follow along. They're very helpful to you with some notes and some scriptures in there. But it's such a beautiful passage, I thought, let's read all of it as we delve into these things that will remain over these next three weeks. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what, in part, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Here we go, here's the words. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And I believe that as we go into this next season, After a season of unprecedented, that's the favorite word around, of unprecedented loss, we need to know what remains. When everything else passes away, what remains? As we go into another overused term, the new normal, what remains? What stays with us? Different versions use different words. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13 in the English Standard Version says this, And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. 
The New Living Translation puts it like this. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. What lasts forever? And we should celebrate and explore and delve into and hold fast to that which lasts forever. See, the Apostle Paul in this book, Corinthians, he's been writing to the church there that has been indulging themselves in many spiritual gifts. Great gifts from God that we should enjoy. He lists them in 1 Corinthians 12 for us. Words of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, gifts of helps and gifts of administration. And he's writing to them to say, there's not that those things are bad, they're all good. But what seemed to be happening in the Corinthian church was they were overindulging, particularly in tongues. They were basically saying, if you speak in tongues, and if you speak in tongues a lot, then you're really spiritual. And he says to them, be careful. Though those things are good, they're going to pass away. They're not all that we need. They're inadequate. There is something that will remain forever. Some things, some, if I can call them the forever gifts. They're not charismatic gifts in the same way that we heard there, but they are still gifts from God. And these forever gifts are going to last forever. So make sure we hold on to these things. Faith, hope, and love. I love the way the Apostle Paul, all the way through this chapter, he lists some very active actions, very doing words. 14 of them you'll find. 14 doing words, verbs of love, because ultimately love does. And it's the same for faith and hope. These are abstract words that are out there. These are words that must mix into our lives so that we do something with them, do something with faith, hope, and love. Famous song written once, remember it? All we need is love. Go on, sing along. Wah, 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 however it goes. All we need is love. Is that true? Well, in some ways, yes. As long as you define what love is, and the Bible does, God is love. Everything hangs, Jesus said, on loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbors ourselves. So love is really important. Love is the greatest. Even greater here, it says then, faith and hope but Paul's bottom line is here in this chapter is the faith and hope are far more important than the spiritual gifts and love is the greatest gift and I want us to just explore in the time that we have today this one forever gift of faith next week we've got a we're going to have Mother's Day, then we've got someone speaking on hope, and then Ange, my wife, Angie, will finish off in looking at the subject of love. But I want to look at this forever faith. And start just by asking this question. What is faith? Now, I'll be honest with you. I've been concerned, if you've ever heard me speak before, I've raised this many times because it's still a concern for me. I'm concerned that many Christians seem to elevate faith to the place where they almost deify it. That they put their faith in faith. That faith, if we're not careful, can become an idol. This happened once in this church here, in the C3 family, I remember it. Someone lost a parent through cancer. And another church member, who I hasten to ha add isn't any longer in the church, but they said to this person, if you'd have had enough faith, 
your mum may not have died. And this was reported back to me, and I have to say to you, it put a shiver in my liver, that statement. It really upset me. Because what that did was, it put guilt on the individual, and it made it out as though that person's faith was what would cause their mother to have been healed. I'm not saying their faith was insignificant, but I will say this, it wasn't dependent on the size of that person's faith, it was rather on the one with where they placed that faith where the miracle could happen. It's not the size of our faith, it's where we place it that has effect. And the Bible's very clear that we're to have faith in God. Which is why we don't get bitter, by the way, when miracles don't happen in the way that we think they should. And we like to try and manipulate God sometimes and say, do it this way, Lord, we'd like to advise you. God doesn't need our advice. And we think maybe sometimes by complimenting him, we can manipulate him to do it in the way that we want. No, no, we're putting our faith in the one who knows best. We're putting our faith in the one who, of course, is able and, of course, is all loving. But remember, he sees all things. We don't. We read it. We only see in part, but he knows it all. So we don't get angry when the miracle doesn't happen. It's rather we place it so that in, in the right place, and the right place is in our God. There's a verse in Daniel that says this, Those who know their God will grow strong and do exploits. And we love to join, but ju uh, jump to the exploits bit. Come on, let's get to the exploits bit. But you can't get there without knowing your God. And I say it regularly. I say it in the context of worship. People often ask me, what's the best book to read about worship? You know what? I wouldn't recommend a book. I'd recommend a God. Because if you get to know the God, the natural response is worship. And if you get to know the God of the Bible, the God who is love, then the natural response is to have faith in him because you trust him. You know that he's a God who is good and kind and compassionate and consistent and all-powerful and all-knowledgeable. And so get to know God and our faith will grow. Faith works, and, and, I, and I, that makes it a commodity in some way, I don't even like to say, but faith works because of the nature of God. And here's my advice to you. Be careful where you put your faith. Have faith in God. There's a beautiful psalm, Psalm 20 in the Old Testament, where King David is giving praise to God. And in the midst of this psalm, he says this. He says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name, and the name means the nature of God. We will remember the name of the Lord our God. And if you can imagine his context, particularly to the north in Syria, they had armies that had chariots and they had armies that had, had horsemen. And yet he only had footmen. That was because God recommended to him, don't put your trust in all this. Rather, trust me even in the battle. There's one chapter in 1, Corinthians, 1 Chronicles 18, verse 4, where it says, David took from one of the kings a thousand chariots and seven thousand horsemen. Chariots and horsemen are staring him in the face. There's a lot against him in, in the armies that are surrounding Israel. And he looks at them rather and says, no, no, some trust in chariots and horsemen. I'll remember the name of the Lord my God. And here's my advice to us. 
There's all sorts of things that come against us. There's so much opposition. We can try and work it out in our own strength. Well, I've got so many footmen and so much available. And so, you know, the vision that John has just talked about for our future here as C3. I love to try and work it all out. I'll be honest with you. I've, I, I put figures down and I put numbers down. And, but ultimately, you know what? It's down to favor from God. It's down to our faith in him. He can give us favor with planning. He can give us favor with people that give. He can give us buildings that we didn't plan to have. He can open up doors that we never saw and didn't think of. Why? Because he's the God who's in control. And it's in him where we place our faith. Some trust in nuclear arms and some in tanks. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Have faith in God. The Bible defines faith in this way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And straight away, faith is not left floundering on its own, but it's connected with hope. And in fact, you'll find this all the way through when faith is, is talked about. It's usually connected with something else. It's coupled. So you've got faith and love. You've got faith and hope. You've got faith and works. It, it goes, because it's not, like I said earlier, it's not this abstract thing. It's about doing. My, my challenge to you is if you say you love God, then love does. If you say you have faith in God, then faith does. There is something that should go with it. But what faith does is it grabs hold of that future, certain expectation of good, that's hope. And it brings it into the now with actions. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It becomes substantial. It becomes real. It becomes solid. It becomes doable. It's something you do. If you have faith, I'll see it by your actions. If I have faith, that's the book of James, by the way, you'll see it by my actions. Faith does not ignore the circumstances as though they're not real. One of my favorite things to do in life right now is spend time with my grandson, Caleb. And one of the things Caleb does is he loves to hide, particularly if he's been with us and his mum and dad are coming to pick him up. He'll, he'll hide. But the way a two-year-old hides is he often just puts his blanket over his head. And his, his bottom will be sticking out somewhere on the, on the settee. But you'll, he's, he's hidden or he'll put a cushion over his head. And of course, we all play the game. We all say, where's Caleb? Where's Caleb? Well, we can see where Caleb is because there is something sticking out. He's dead air, but we can't see his head. And we think because, and he thinks because he can't see his head, he's hiding. That's okay at two. If you're still doing that at 21, we have a problem. But he's hiding and we all play along. Where's Caleb? Where's Caleb? And you know what a lot of Christians do? They think, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, as though they're in hiding by just stating they're believing. No, your belief must turn to an action. It must result in something. A Christian apologist says this, Christian faith, this is a guy called Greg Call. he says, Christian faith cares about the evidence. The facts matter. You can have assurance for something you don't know. You can't rather have assurance for something you don't know you're going to get. That's why it's connected with hope. I said Easter's coming. Do you know our faith is not based on something, some mystical 
experience that we have. Our faith is based on a resurrection of a man who died, went into a grave, rose three days later, and now there's a man in heaven, his name is Jesus, who's sitting at the right hand of the Father and one day will return. It's a fact in history. It's not ethereal. It's, it's not mystical. He rose from the dead, real flesh and blood, body. So we have hope. We have faith in the evidence. So many scriptures, times going on me, but I've got in my notes here of where it's based on evidence. Peter, when he hears Jesus say, come to him, it's based on the evidence of his words. Come and walk on the water. It was faith that Peter had, but it was faith on seeing Jesus walking and then on Jesus calling him. His word mattered. Many people say Jesus, uh, Peter didn't walk on water. He walked on the words of Jesus because that's what his faith was built on. Thomas wanted evidence and Jesus didn't condemn him. Thomas said, unless I can see the hands and the, the side. And then Jesus appeared to him, gave him the evidence. Go on, touch my side. Look at my hands. And the evidence caused him to cry out, ah, my Lord and my master. And then Jesus said, even better for those who have not seen, but have believed. We believe the report, the evidence of others, the evidence of a Thomas, the evidence of a Peter, of the disciples that went before us, of those others that have experienced the God that we know. The Bible knows nothing, this guy writes, of bold leap in the dark faith, a hope against hope faith, a faith with no evidence. Rather, if the evidence doesn't correspond to the hope, then faith is in vain, even as Paul said. Let me just finish then with this. How can we get more faith? How can we grow in faith? Now, I've covered this a little bit. It's ultimately by getting to know God. It's ultimately by hearing his word. This is a well-known passage. You should all learn this verse. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or the word of Christ. It's when we hear his word. That's why we say to you week in, week out, read the Bible, even if it's only a little bit every day because it's life to your soul. You'll hear it and you respond, read it out loud, listen to it. Faith comes by hearing. That's why we want to gather as a church, why it's important to gather online. As I preach from the Bible, we're hearing the word of God. And then once you hear it, repeat it to yourself. I felt as I was preparing, there are some of you, that you've been repeating a lie to yourself for so long, you now believe that lie is a truth. And it's not. You've got to change your confession. You've got to repeat what God says about you. If you're saying about yourself, you're a no good, scheming, conniving, good for nothing sinner, that's all you are, whereas God says you're my son and my daughter, you're saying the wrong thing. Another story, if I may, about my grandson. We went out for a walk a, a few weeks ago. And as we're walking, I, was, I, I like birds, and I, sh I saw a bird that I, I said to Caleb, that's a magpie. And then I remembered a song from my youth. And some of you may know this song. It was the alternative to Blue Peter that was on ITV. It was a program called Magpie. And the song that they had went like this. One for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, and four for a boy. Five for silver, six for a gold, seven for a secret, never to be told. Magpie. And then it goes on like this. Eight's a wish, nine's a kiss, ten is a bird you must not miss. But I'd learnt it wrong. So I'm singing it to Caleb, who loves that song now. And I, I realised, I went like this. Eight's a wish, and um, 
not a kiss. That's how I learned it in my mind. Eight's a wish and not a kiss. Ten is a bird you must not miss. And as I'm singing it, I'm thinking, what happened to number nine? Eight's a wish and not a kiss. Ten is a bird. And I went and checked it out, and I just learned it wrong from my childhood. And all my life, I've been repeating it wrong when I sing it. And then I was repeating it to my grandson and teaching him wrong. I mean, it's not life or death stuff, I know this, but he was, he was learning it wrong. So that he would say it wrong, and I have to correct my thinking every time I sing it now. I go to it really slowly in my head. Eight's a wish and nine's a kiss. Ten is a bird you must not miss. I've been repeating it wrong for years. And some of you are repeating stuff that's been said about you wrong for years. And your faith has turned to fear, which by the way, fear is the opposite of faith, not unbelief. And your fear has gripped you so you believe, I can't do that, I can't do this, I'm like this, I'm like that because of my parents, I'm like this because of my upbringing, I'm like this. And you're saying it wrong and your faith is diminishing rather than growing and saying what God says about you. So how can you grow your faith? You can read God's word, you can listen to God's word, you can know God's word, but you can repeat what he says about you. Not what others, unless others say about you, what God is saying about you, be very careful. Don't believe them. And we can meet with others. And that's the third and final part of this as I would finish. We can meet with others who can secure our faith. Look at this verse, last verse. Not giving up meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. How can we encourage one another? By speaking the truth in love. Because as we speak the truth, faith grows. We need to hear, whether it's online that you put a statement in the comments, whether it's physically in a room where people say stuff to you, we, we know it better than ever now, don't we? We really need each other. And we really need each other to speak the truth in us that sets us free because the truth or rather the truth that you know is the freedom that you can live in. And God came to set us free. Faith, it remains. It remains. And we must understand it and hold on to it and rejoice in the faith that we have that's been given to us because it's going to go from this age even into the next. I just want to finish by praying for some of you. Two groups of people. Number one, those of you that right now you've got some stuff going on in your life and you need to be saying the right stuff. There's, there's, there's fear that's gripping your heart. I pray for faith to rise. Whatever the challenge ahead of you, faith in a God who can resource what you need. Faith in a God who can find the house that you need. Faith in a God that can find the spouse that you desire, if that's your desire. Faith in the God that can heal your body. Yes, not everyone gets healed, but some do, because we put our faith in a God who is able. Right now, whatever you're facing in your situation, I pray for you. If it's physical, put it in your, put it in your let your hand on your body. If it's, it's in the mind, lay your, your hand on the head. If it's a challenge that you need, if it's finances, then put it on your wallet or your purse. And I pray for you in Jesus' name that you'll not trust in the bank, that you'll not trust in the doctor, though we thank God for both of those that I've just mentioned. Don't write to me and say, hey, you're dissing them. No, we thank God for them. But we don't ultimately put our faith in the chariots of the bank or of the doctor. We put our faith in a God 
who is able. And I pray the faith will rise. The enemies of God will be scattered as we trust in Him. Let faith and hope and love be that which we hold on to. In Jesus' name, amen. And then the last group I just want to pray for before we sing this song and then we're going to go into an interview. So the service isn't ended till the interview is finished. All right, that sounds like a song. Not the fat lady sings, it's the interview is finished. And when we've done that, then we'll finish. But we're going to have an interview after this song. But maybe some of you, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You can do that now. You can put your faith in Him. You've trusted in all kinds of other things. Now it's your time to trust Him. And we want you, when you pray this prayer, I'm going to pray a prayer afterwards. Let us know. Tell us. Tell us in the comments on YouTube or on Facebook. Tell us on an email, hello at the c3.uk. Let someone know who's in your life as a Christian. We want to help you on a journey. We want to get some resources into your hand. We've got some lovely new Gospels to give you, which if you contact us, we'll get to you and send to you. As you say, I made that decision today. Or maybe to recommit your life to Jesus because your faith has slipped and you're trusted in other things and you want to say, no, I'll put my faith in Jesus. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. I don't want to trust in anyone or anything else for my life. I want to trust in you. Forgive me for self-centered living. Today I choose you, Jesus, as my leader and my Lord. Thank you for accepting me. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's sing this song of declaration. This is expressing our faith even through song. And then let's stick around for the interview as we finish. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.